You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Friends, it's great to have you in church this morning. Um, I'm bringing, bringing a reading this morning from uh, Matthew's Gospel. And if you've got your Bible or your iPhone or your iPad available, you might want to read along or you might want to just watch the words up on the screen. But it's the passage on which I'm going to base the message this morning. And uh, verse 25 of Matthew chapter 11. At that time, Jesus said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, I thank you because you've shown to the unlearned what you have hidden from the wise and the learned. Yes, Father, this was how you wanted it to happen. My Father has given me all things. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And here's the part that I'm going to be preaching on. Jesus speaking, Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest. For the yoke I will give you is easy and the load I will put on you is light. We introduced a new series last Sunday called Baggage. Subtitled, Live Free, Travel Light based on the belief that our faith in Jesus Christ is designed to help us discard the baggage we don't need and more effectively manage that which inevitably we will attract. Life is not entirely free of luggage and baggage. But Jesus Christ said, uh, if the Son makes you free, you'll be really free. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's what we're going to pick up on this morning. So baggage, we all have it. How do we handle it? How do we manage it? Let's bow in prayer, shall we? Father God, in the remaining moments of this service this morning, we want to have open eyes and open hearts, ready to receive that which you want to show to us. We don't want to miss a thing, Lord. We want to have the faith and the courage to put into action that which you reveal to us, to make us more effective in our daily Christian walk, to be the witness that you intend us to be, to be the shining light in a world of darkness, a world that desperately is looking for answer, answers, may we be that kind of person, we pray. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, here's a question, guys. What would be your travel fantasy? Now, I don't mean your, in terms of destination. I mean in terms of how you travel. For example, would you like to always travel first class? I mean, how cool would that be? Some of you do. We know that. Um, I know that. Uh, <laughs> would it be to have free valet parking at Sydney Airport every time? I mean, how good would that be? That parking at Sydney Airport. Wow. Uh, would it be to have free membership into every known airline lounge in the world? Just rock up, produce the card, straight into all the drinkies and the savouries and the nibblies. Free. Would it be to get an upgrade? At every accommodation you went to, they say, ah, oh, yes, yes, Mr. Haddon, we have the uh, bridal suite prepared for you and your wife. You know, like, would that, how, good, how good would that be? You know. Now, I know some of you have these sort of little perks on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, I guess we've all had a couple of them at different times. You know, look, mine would be, my, my travel fantasy would be to have a permanent luggage carrier. 
somebody who would take care of every aspect of my bags. At home in our place, we have a, a bed in one of the spare rooms that, that has the, that's just at the right height for packing bags. And I want this person to take the bag from that bed to the boot, from the boot to the check-in counter, off the carousel at the other end, to the shuttle or the taxi, to the, to the accommodation, up the windy stairs and the narrow stairs that so many hotels and B&B seem to have these days. Just somebody to take care of all the luggage. That, for me, would be just, uh, it would be heaven. Your own personal, what they used to call a bellhop. Don't know if they still call them bellhops, the luggage people. Look, as I get older, my bags seem to get heavier. Or is it that my back is getting weaker? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But that would be fantastic. Do you know one of my worst nightmares happened when I was a tour leader? I've done a few tours over the years, right? Anybody been a tour leader? Well... Let me say, the, the upside of a tour leader is you get the passage for free. Okay? The downside is that there is no such thing as a free lunch. And you are confronted daily with uh, situations and issues like the one I was confronted with on a tour I led in the early 90s. It was a fantastic tour. Uh, nearly 30 people. And we went to the uh, Crystal Cathedral for the glory of Easter. That was a fantastic experience. And then we flew on to Indianapolis for a weekend in an African-American church, staying with the families and worshipping. And it was like Sister Act 1, 2 and 3 all rolled into one. It was fantastic. And, uh, but I got a few, my, my first challenge came when in those days you had to stop off in Honolulu. Long-term travellers know that there was a time you didn't go straight to LA. You had to stop in Honolulu. Well, we're there at the carousel. I had to sort of take the bags off because that was where you got actually processed. You got processed through customs at Honolulu. And uh, one of the older ladies of this tour party, her name was Irene, I remember that, she came up to me and she said, well, like, where's my bag? I said, I'm sorry, what? what? She said, where's my bag? It's on the carousel. I said, well, let's go get it. She said, I can't lift it. I told him that. She said, you're the tour leader, right? I said, yes. She said, well, you're going to get my bag. <laughs> so, like the, she hadn't done the equation that like I would have my bag, uh, and so that that she had come to that trip three weeks uh, with a medical condition that she couldn't lift a bag. So, first task of the tour leader was to arrange a roster for people to carry her bags. So, so no such thing as a free lunch with uh, tour leading. And uh, that was a, when I thought of this message, I thought, oh gosh, you know. Bag carrier. Yes, I would love a bag carrier of my own. I was her bag carrier for a little bit. Guys, look, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, we have a picture of Jesus as the ultimate bag carrier. That's what it is. He is the ultimate burden bearer. Come to me, all you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Now, when it comes to managing life's excess baggage, there are few, if any, more simple explanations as to the difference Jesus makes when it comes to managing life's luggage. I mean, he, he's, the, he's the one that, that, that can be relied upon. Uh, it's, it's never more simple than in these verses. But here's the thing. There's been a lot of misunderstanding about these verses over the years. A lot of Christians think that this means you just throw all of your troubles, all of your cares, all of your worries onto Jesus and you are left totally problem free without a care in the world. And of course, when people discover that's not how it is, that's not real life, not even the Christian life, they become disillusioned and dejected. Even to the point, and I've seen this, where people give up the faith. And it's very sad. Yes, Jesus is able to lighten our load. 
but He also increases our strength and our ability to bear the load which remains. And there's always a load that remains. That's life. That's how it is. Friends, this passage is not so much about the removal of baggage. It is that. But it's also about changing how we bear, how we carry, how we manage that baggage, which inevitably gathers in one form or another. And the key verse is, is verse 30. For the yoke I will give you is easy and the load I will put on you is light. In the ancient world and in many developing nations today, yokes or collars are put around so-called beasts of burden. And they're able to pull these very heavy loads, ploughs and and, and other things. And of course, as I mentioned in a message on a similar theme last year, um, in the first century, a caring farmer had every yoke custom made for each individual animal, made of timber, measured very accurately, very smooth timber, so that the, 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 the beast was able to sort of really lean in heavily, comfortably, and strain to the max to lift the load. If the, if the yoke was burred in any way, if it was uneven, if it had sort of imperfections in it, it would cause the animal pain and it would be unable to really lean in heavily. And so you get the idea. So these words of Jesus are, are as much about how to effectively carry the burdens of life as they are about lightening the load. But as I stated earlier, these verses represent one of the simplest, clearest explanations of the difference Jesus Christ makes, the difference he makes to our resilience levels, the difference he makes to our capacity to cope with stress, the difference he makes to our overall sense of well-being and certainly the difference he makes to the reduction and the removal of excess baggage in our lives. These last couple of verses in Luke, uh, Matthew 11, They've got it all. It's powerful. You see, they teach us, these verses teach us to avoid carrying excess baggage, we need to do certain things. Jesus explains it all here. These are simple but necessary steps to be taken if we are to experience this life-changing power that Jesus promises to help us with the burdens of life. The first one is the most obvious. We must respond to the invitation. It's clear. Jesus says, come Come to me. Friends, our Lord is a gentleman. He will not push his way into anybody's life. He waits to be invited. He says, come to me. Uh, He lovingly invites us. He requires us to make a decision. Responding to Jesus inevitably means a, a, a change of direction, a change of attitude, an alteration to our priorities, a willingness to submit to his leadership in our lives. And of course, the amazing thing about coming to Jesus is he's so accessible. He is so accessible. This is the part of the gospel I really love. There's no elaborate preparation. There's no ancient mantras to memorise. There's there's no adornment with special religious clothing. There's no chanting. There's no ritualistic recitations. None of the practices we associate with many of the world's great religions before you can approach the deity, none of those are, are there with Jesus. He's as close as breathing. He's only a prayer away. Jesus Christ is able to be encountered as soon as we start reading the word. Instantly, you can sense his voice if you've got an expectant heart. He speaks as we take communion. Some of his best revelations come as we engage in service and witness. Come to me. The best part of all is it's all inclusive. Nobody's excluded from that loving invitation of Jesus Christ. Come to me. Here's the second thing to avoid carrying excess baggage. Straight from this passage, we must believe the promise. 
We must believe the promise. And what is the promise? A trouble-free life? A life with no pain, no disappointment, no setbacks? No. The promise is for rest. R-E-S-T. The promise is for rest. What an elusive commodity that is in today's world. In today's crazy, frenetic society where for some people a person's importance is measured in terms of how busy they are, how much work and activity they're cramming into any given week. We say, oh, they must be so important. Look how busy they are. It's a society where sometimes rest and time out are viewed as defeat. Oh, can't keep up the pace. Can't handle the pressure. Now, friends, look, I'm as committed as anybody to hard work. I think anybody who works with me knows that. You can build a very strong case from the Bible, supporting the virtues of, uh, of being industrious, of having initiative, of pursuing your vocation with all the passion you can muster. It's all in the Bible. But the idea of rest and regeneration and spiritual and emotional rejuvenation, these two are principles of this book. And Jesus makes a direct reference to these or to this whole area of theology through those five simple but beautifully soothing words. I will give you rest. Rest for the follower of Jesus is not confined to the idea of switching off and, and chilling out, taking, uh, taking off to the nearest resort or you know, spending a few days in bed maybe. Nothing necessarily wrong with any of these things. It's just that the rest provided by Jesus is not just rest in a physical and recreational sense. It's rest for our spirits. It's rest for our souls. When the Gospels refer to Jesus taking time out, we don't find him going to Santorini or to the Amalfi Coast. These were accessible to him and doubtless he would have had a great time there. No doubt about that. But, taking time, but for Jesus, taking time out, as far as we can tell, was like taking time to pray, to reflect, to meditate. We find him spending time, or spending downtime rather, with his close inner circle, having some very confidential conversations with them. We find him away from the madding crowd. We find him with family and friends at a wedding, down by Lake Galilee, enjoying the fishing taking a power nap on a fishing boat just before the big storm hits. Never far from the action, but detached, removed enough from the action to be sufficiently regenerated and rejuvenated within his soul and spirit. Friends, it begs the question, what is spiritual rest time for you? What does that look like when you're having your spirit and your soul Rejuvenated. What's that look like for you? Is it getting into a, a devotional book, a, a kind of book about the life of Jesus or some aspect of theology? Is it taking in the beauty of nature in a really reflective and meditative way, some kind of process way? Is it reading the Bible in some new translation, some new way, some fresh way? Is it taking time out of a busy week to do life with other Christians in a connection group? Is it regularity at communion and worship and just lifting your hearts and allowing God to speak to you in that way? Is it journaling? I know that means a lot for numbers of you. Writing down your experiences each day, prayer requests, just the whole thing of doing life with God. Is it just good old-fashioned praying, just opening your heart to Him in prayer and 
pouring it all out. I guess more than asking what is spiritual rest time for you, the real question is how often are you resting? You know, how often are you resting? To regenerate your soul and your spirit. Pastor Graham's got a confession to make. In my case, not often enough. You know, not often enough. <laughs> and that's an ongoing challenge for me, as I'm sure it is for many of you. Responding to the invitation, believing the promise. Thirdly, we need to put on the yoke. The words of Jesus, verse 29, take my yoke and put it on you. I'm not going to put it on you. You, you take my yoke and put it on you. There's, there's action involved here. Remember the ancient yokes were made of wood, nice smooth wood, fashioned very smoothly to, to maximise the, the stress and the, and, the, and, the, and the pulling power of the animal and the weight of the load would be evenly distributed. Beautiful technology in those ancient times. Now, if you find the analogy of you being a beast of burden, some big clunky bullock, or a dumb donkey, if you find that offensive or hard to handle, that's okay. That's, uh, that's, that's understandable. I've got good news for you. You see, at the time of Jesus, the term yoke was also used as a metaphor for submission. In particular, it was used of students who were under the tutorship, under the mentorship of a, of a rabbinical teacher. And uh, one ancient Jewish manuscript, for instance, has this advice for a particular student and his relationship to his rabbi, to his mentor. It says this, put your neck under the yoke and let your soul receive instruction. Maybe that's an image that we find a little easier to manage. And with that image in mind, it's not hard to, to understand the fourth and the final requirement for the effective management of our excess baggage. Be willing to keep learning. I don't know of any other shortcut. Be willing to keep learning. Verse 29, what's Jesus say? Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me because I'm, I'm gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest. Learn from me because I'm gentle. Friends, look, the Christian life is a lifetime of learning, learning the ways of Jesus, opening our hearts and our spirits and our, our minds to the influence of his Holy Spirit. It's an ongoing process. And, you know, despite the harsh realities of life, it can be a gentle process. Does that resonate with anybody? It can be a gentle and relatively stress-free process. That's why the words gentle and humble are here. That's the kind of tutor we have in Jesus. He's not an aggressive, crazy kind of guy with, who's up and down and all over the place. He's gentle. He's humble. His lifestyle can be that way. Now we're talking about a certain kind of person. And we've got them in this church family. And I, for, for, for one, draw great strength from some of you people. Now we're talking about a person who's reached a stage of spiritual maturity where very little seems to phase them. You notice this with some people? They can experience loss. They can experience setbacks. They can experience failures, disappointment. Feel pain. Yes, feel pain. But not experience those extreme undulations that you get in the life of somebody who has not got the same level of maturity. And I've seen those people over the years. One minute they're up and they're praising the Lord and they're very self-righteous, particularly toward those who haven't got the same level of animation. And next minute things start to go wrong and they're down and they might even be on the verge of giving it all away. And I've tragically seen that over the years. Some people who are least likely because they're so full on, 
next minute, gone. Because things didn't quite work out the way they'd hoped. Whereas the person who has responded to the invitation, who's really believing the promise, who's putting on the yoke in submission, who's continuing to learn, who recognises that this side of heaven, you never get it all. It's always something more to learn. That person tends to show a greater level of stability and one of my favourite words, consistency in the faith. The difference, many differences, one for my purposes this morning, the difference is one has effectively learnt to manage the heaviness of life's baggage and burdens through the power of the Holy Spirit. The other is relying more on emotionalism, experiential moments in the faith. There's nothing wrong with Emotional, the emotional component of our faith. We must, it must involve emotion. There's nothing wrong with those special moments of great joy and, and, and just incredible power. There's nothing wrong. We need those too. It's a question of the extent to which we depend on these in an ongoing way in the rough times of life. I think that's the difference. Guys, in conclusion, back to that travel fantasy. You, you think about it. Someone to carry your bags with no responsibility on your part as to what goes in those bags. Does that seem very fair? I don't think so. What about someone who gave you the guidance as to what to put in the bag and what to take out? What about someone who knows the daily journey of life so well that they know what's worth carrying and what's worth discarding? What about someone who's just there with you in a beautiful beautiful companionship way who knows more about travel than you'll ever know who's actually done exactly the journey you're on could you relate to that kind of bag help baggage help I know I could and I try to that's one way I see the Christian life Jesus Christ helping me to take things out of my bag that are just going to weigh me down Jesus Christ putting into my bag things I'm going to need to cope with that which is coming on the journey. Come to me, said Jesus, all who are tired of carrying heavy loads. Friends, if you're tired of carrying your heavy load today, invite Jesus to be the one who helps you make decisions about what you put in your bag and what you take out. If your bag's too heavy, chances are you've let it get loaded up by stuff that just does not need to be there. Resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, I don't know what it could be, only you know and he knows. He doesn't want you to travel that way. He says it in his word. doesn't remove the whole lot, but just gives you the, the increased capacity to, to take the load because life is full of loads. And there's just no way around that. doesn't promise to take it all, but he promises to help us bear the load. Wow. That's a God I can relate to. That's a Jesus Christ I can respond to. What about you? Let's bow in prayer, shall we? Well, Father God, we thank you that these words of Jesus are, are there in Scripture, glaringly obvious for all of us to see. Come to me, all you who are tired of carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Father, we thank you that that doesn't necessarily mean the load is light, but it just means that our ability to move those loads and to have you walk with us and and strengthen us, that becomes a, an easier process when we trust in you. Lord, we want to do that. We recognise that some of us just carry too much in our bags and we wonder why life becomes a strain. Life becomes a big stress. 
Help us to invite you into every aspect of our lives and enable you to guide us in what we put in and what we take out. The master packer, the master traveller who's done the journey already where we'll go and to places we'll never go. What a companion. What a friend. What a saviour. What a Lord. And so Lord, we pray for those who need to respond this morning for whom the load has become pretty heavy or those who are yet to invite you to become the great load bearer. Whatever our need this morning, give us faith and courage to step through and to step out and to to be part of this ministry time. And thank you for the opportunity to commune with you with these emblems. What a privilege, what a blessing to be able to touch base with the very core of our faith, the life, the death, the resurrection, the promise of return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. In his name we pray. Amen. And so, friends, the communion is ready. It's open to everybody who has faith in Jesus Christ. It's his invitation. All has been made ready. You come. And if you have prayer needs, if you want to engage in prayer for a load that you're feeling is pretty heavy or for somebody else's load that you know about, we'll be delighted and honoured to pray with you. It's all happening in these coming moments. You come.